0: Hello and welcome to the Sports Guide Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. And joining me across the desk, as usual, is the passionate Reuben Williams. How are you, mate?
1: G'day, Ryan. I'm very well, thank you. I'm super excited for this episode in particular because we finally got one of the big four on. Yeah. There's AFL, soccer, NRL, cricket, netball, the big five, I should say. (laughs) I was going to say, you're missing one. (laughs) The big five. And now we've finally got... A CEO from the Big Five on in Kelly Ryan. So amazing. Amazing to get her time, amazing to get her thoughts, so much to get from this episode. So we're stoked to have her join in the studio. Well,
0: you did compare her to Gary Ablett in this uh, episode. And rightfully so. Rightfully so, Uh, which is great. But that that just gives people the, uh, I guess, that's all you need to know. The the gravity of the the guests we have on board today. (laughs) So. No, I'm very much looking forward to it. So let's get cracking. I'm Ryan Walker. He is Reuben Williams, and we are two mates who met at Cricket Australia, and now we help people find their own dream job through this very podcast and our online community. If you want to follow us, head over to LinkedIn, or even better, if you want to connect with us and hundreds of others working in sport, Jump into the sports grad community. And a quick shout out to a handful of our sports grad community
1: members. And I'm saying a handful because Netball Australia, since they joined the sports grad community in February, have gone on an absolute hiring spree inside. <laughs> so a quick shout out to Saskia Enes, Rahul Rawat, Hamish Bigwood, Sarah Pretty, Olivia Newman, Luke Richardson, and Anant Veer Singhanya. I'm sure I'm missing somebody else because they have hired literally like a dozen yeah. people since they joined. Uh, all of these sports grad members are now inside Netball Australia HQ, just living the dream. So, uh, well done, guys, and well done to Netball Australia for jumping on and hiring those fabulous mm. people too. So, if you are like Saskia, Rahul, Hamish, Sarah, <laughs> Olivia, Luke, and Anandvir, and if you want your do- foot in the door of the sports industry, or if you're like Netball Australia who just wants amazing people, then jump into the Sports grad
0: community because there really is something for everybody inside. Absolutely, Rubes. Now, a new national survey done by Deakin University found that while nearly all Australians, and that's 97%, believe that Australia is a sporting nation, there is still low awareness of the projected industry growth and career potential in sport, which is just baffling to me. (laughs) Australia is set to enter the golden decade of sport, with the nation to host 10 major global sporting events over the next 10 years which is going to generate thousands of job opportunities, which is just massive. So if you want to be the ones in well, basically first in line for all those jobs, and there is genuinely going to be thousands of them, study with the world's best at Deakin. Visit their website for more info. Deakin is ranked number one in the world for sports science, might I add, and sixth in the world for sports related subjects. So it really is a no brainer to jump on at Deakin.
1: Mm, thank you to our friends at Deakin. Now, let me introduce you to our guest today, Ryan. Kelly Ryan, great name. Great second name. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly started off her career by doing a bachelor's degree in, of marketing at RMIT, which for those who don't know, I dropped out of. She's done very well to get through it. Yeah. Once she's gone through a marketing degree at RMIT, she's gone into radio with Nova, moved to Foxtel as a brand manager. Then she arrived at the Western Bulldogs and literally knocked the door down to get a job in marketing and events there. And you'll find out exactly what she did in just a moment. Literally. Literally. Uh, Then, with the door still on its hinges at the AFL house, she's moved into a brand manager role there. Then, moved up to the Gold Coast, the sunny Gold Coast, into her first executive position as general manager of marketing in a brand new AFL club. Before coming back to the Bulldogs as chief marketing officer during their premiership season. Wow. Drought-breaking premiership season. Would have been an incredible time to be at the Bulldogs. Before making it back to AFL House and now is the CEO of Netball Australia. Ryan, Kelly
0: was incredible to talk to. She was, mate. And the the resume speaks for itself, wasn't it? Um, it, it was a great episode. And, um, you know, just hearing how Kelly got her foot in the door for me was fantastic. And, and just became, you know, the one of the only... Uh, female CEOs in Australian sport at the moment. So just hearing that journey, you know, she'll go through where she started. We mentioned the Bulldogs knocking the door down. We'll hear more about that. But just hearing the journey to get there is is just what we want. really wanted to hear and, and we can relate to some of the parts, but it's mm. just great to hear where she came from and, and now where she is now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I also loved hearing about what Kelly looks for when she's hiring. We mentioned those... Yeah. Several people who've got jobs at Netball Australia, they all carry this trait that Kelly looks for when she's hiring people and that, that's getting passed down to, to her team and the whole organisation. So uh, really
0: great to get her perspective on what's important in candidates entering the sports industry. Absolutely. And uh, a question we ask often on the podcast and, and that is you know, getting our guest tip for their 20-year-old self who wanted to work in sport. We asked Kelly the same question and and her tip was fantastic. I think we can all take a a leaf from her book uh, in terms of her advice. So plenty to look forward to. Grab a pen. Enjoy this chat with Kelly Ryan. (music) Kelly, welcome to the Swarscope podcast.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
1: Kelly, it's lovely that you've been able to join us in the studio. Um, We're very grateful to have your time today. Um, we're really keen to find out how you got to where you are, how you became the CEO of Netball Australia. And uh, in doing a bit of research, we found out that you started way back at the Western Bulldogs by just literally knocking down the door with, I think, 50 unanswered voice messages. How did your journey to Netball Australia begin?
2: Yeah, well, it did. It feels like an eternity ago that it (laughs) did did start um, from my career point of view. But, um, you know, I did a traditional journey, I would suggest, that straight out of School, I went to uni and studied a Bachelor of Business majoring in marketing, and I knew that was the field that I somewhat wanted to go into. Something around, you know, marketing and advertising was the initial plan, and then uh, I did, you know, kind of think that it it was important to do something that you're really interested in and and really, you know, generally want to know more about, and that, you know, helps bridge the gap between work and, and life, I suppose. So I actually started my career in radio. Um, not on the air, mind you, but uh, So you're, so you're well equipped scenes. for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> seemingly so, but no, I stayed well away from the microphone. But uh, I was really interested in the media, so I started in that first. Um, and as many people have done and continue to do, I started volunteering. So I'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go and help uh, with outside broadcasts, with Fox FM it was at the time. Um, so that's how I started. And I did a little bit of a, a stint in radio for five or six years, helped start over 100, um, and then decided that I thought I'd try – football so that's where the urge came from then starting to decide you know how do I get into the AFL scene so I did I literally harassed uh, potentially uh, the the HR manager at the Western Bulldogs at the time back in the early 2000s so vastly different landscape to how it is uh, today and the persistence paid off because he literally succumbed um, to the pressure of of my messages um, and agreed to meet with me and uh, and I'll, you know, never forget those moments, There's moments in your career where you just can't forget. And the first thing he said to me, I think even before he even said hello, was we have no jobs here. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fine. Great. I'm, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I know. That good. was a, it was a win to me just to be, yeah. you know, stepping inside the, the, the four walls of the Bulldogs, um. And then lo and behold, before I left, I got offered two. So there were jobs there. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's just a matter of having the will and the energy, I suppose, to to not relent on what it is that you want to do. And, and then from there, it's literally you know spent 15 years in the AFL industry, trying all sorts of different experiences. And that was one thing that I really set my mind to because you know I did decide probably about 10 years ago that I, I wanted, I had this ambition of of being a CEO. Naturally, she probably assumed it would be in the AFL space, um, in some way, shape, or form. So, it just took every opportunity when something arose, whether or not it was really, you know, clear in my skill set, just to grab it with both hands and and have a go at it. So, that led me from the Bulldogs into AFL House, um, doing some marketing activity there. Then I went to the Gold Coast and helped start the Gold Coast Suns. Back to the Bulldogs again for another stint <laughs> um, across the premiership year in 2016, and also starting the women's team in 2017. Um, then into Marvel Stadium, uh, and then from there to to Netball Australia. So there's no career plan that I don't think actually has everything completely mapped. So you've got to be prepared to just yeah. take some leaps of faith, some, mm. you know make some big decisions along your way in terms of, does this move help me to get to my next move? The answer is who really knows, um, but taking some risks on, along the way certainly uh, certainly pays off, I think.
0: Yeah. The, um, the move to the Gold Coast Suns, was that – very much um, to do with that goal of becoming a CEO. You probably saw that as a great opportunity, a new club. You can stamp, you know, your, you know, I guess your presence on on the place and see what you can know, Make your mark. You yeah, know. make yeah. your mark.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That was my first executive position. So that opportunity to be part of the leadership team yeah. of, a, of an AFL club was, was really the, the starting point for that. Um, mm. And from there just being exposed not only to what you do, and I think there's that distinct difference when you work – in anything, you're either working on your own thing or you're working on the whole club and the opportunity to actually go and be an executive position not only meant that I got to focus on my own space every day, but I really got the opportunity to buy into every other aspect of the club Um, and that was, you know, from football discussions through to, you know, how to run a stadium through to, you know, how do you develop a fan base in a market that doesn't really know anything or care much about AFL. So it was really the opportunity Mm. to think differently um, that I really loved um, and I literally you know that the AFL you know wanted me to go there and help the club because it was getting to the pointy end and there was a lot of work that needed to be done and I said to them, I'll do it, but 18 months maximum, and then I'm coming straight back to my job at, at AFL House. Um, and lo and behold, spent five and a half years there. So <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a long 18 months in the end. Must have um,
1: enjoyed the warm weather. I, yeah. I
2: did. I enjoyed a lot about it. I, I, I loved it. It was hard work. It was an absolute grind trying to turn people's attention to, to AFL trying to turn people's attention to sport, Uh, Gold Coast is an interesting place to try and get commitment from anyone on anything Um, but yeah the lifestyle, just the people that I worked with were just amazing, just had the best time working with some of the best people Um, and then yeah after five and a half years thought it was time to get back to Melbourne, closer to family and, and, and try something else. Back to the cold. Sounds like you've taken
1: cold. a very similar trajectory to Gary Ablett Jr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <When> yeah. I, <laughs> Gary
2: and I, yeah, we're, we're like this and he went, I went. We were a package deal. <laughs> <laughs> great comparison, <laughs> <laughs> great comparison. Yeah, it is a real good comparison. No, Gary, great, great guy. I have a lot of time for Gary. He um, he gave a lot back um, to not only the Gold Coast Sands, but but to people more broadly. He certainly helped. Uh, a number of staff at the Gold Coast Suns if they're going through something tough, Gar- Gary was there um, to help them. So he's a he's a he's a really great person and not to mention an absolutely unbelievable footballer.
1: Mm. Um, I want to dive back to uh, the start of uh, your first opportunity at the Bulldogs. Why do you think that HR manager gave you an opportunity?
2: Um, I think the, the first point is is really getting your foot in the door and that was really what it was. i believed in myself and I believed that I had skills that would be really relative and um, to any business really but you know chose the Bulldogs at that particular time so I think he saw that I think he saw that you know sheer determination um, the ability and, and confidence to, to back myself in uh, and I think that was enough for him to go all right well you know could pretty much put her in a number of different positions um, and as I said there was Two miraculously came available by the end of that, that discussion. So, and they were two vastly different um, roles that I was offered. And I think it just, you know, the, the number one thing is I really believe that if people have got great values and have got great determination and want to succeed that's all you need to start in any business and, you know, in an environment, especially, you know, sport and um, be it at the Bulldogs or be it at Netball Australia, if you've got that, we can teach you the skills. It's just, you've just got to have the appetite to want to do it and we can mm. teach you the skills. And that's really where it started from. I didn't have any experience in sport at that particular time, but I, I had the appetite and I had the, you know, the determination and that's all it took to, to really get that first, that first start.
1: We, we like that as a student in university as well.
2: I was, yeah, I was very um, definitely not the smartest person by by far, but worked hard and made sure that um, even you know during VCE and and through to uni that I really did give myself every opportunity. And it's all about options, really. The harder you work, the more options you've got. When you got options, then you got choice. So that really for me was I just put myself in the best position at every moment that I possibly could. And then I've got options. Um, and then from there, that's where you start making those calculated decisions on what happens mm. next. And then you get the opportunity to then to, you know, take some risks um, across that time as well. So uh, it's about getting that balance right. But like I said, it's there's, there's no no right or wrong way of doing it. There's just the way that you think is right at mm. that particular moment in time that, that you've got to go for it.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think, it's, I think one thing that's – really interesting when you're in uni is when you're a student you're kind of looking around thinking who's going to make it like who's going to go far what what do the future CEOs look like and it's kind of hard as you say to pinpoint a exact trajectory into that job but what you've done really well is just throw yourself into everything to give yourself that that option which I think a lot of students can take a lot a lot out
0: of
2: yeah that's right I mean your dream, whatever it is, or, or, or your ambition is your ambition. So no one can take that away from you. Um, and I think it's just a matter of how you go about getting to it. Notwithstanding, there are highs and lows in all of it. And I think everybody naturally thinks that your career has this you know, really consistent trajectory, but you've got to be prepared for it to, to, to crash and burn sometimes around you. And but again, if you've got your ambition and and your mm. dream, then, then that's for you just to, to hang on to and then you work a way back to, to try and get back to, you know, the, the path that you, you want to be on. So um, there's – I don't think there's a particular type of person that looks like a CEO or anything like that. I think it just, again, comes down to those that want to do it and then those that work the hardest to potentially – get there and not everyone wants to be a CEO by any stretch um it's a really tough gig but um but if you do then you just give yourself every opportunity to get there and when you've got the choice to again say yes or no then fabulous you've 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 done something right along the way
0: Mm. the the choice to be a CEO um that's such an interesting thing because you know you mentioned not everyone wants to be but everyone sort of looks up at them and thinks oh that's you know that's what success looks like. That's that's the best job you can get. So how did you come to that decision? Like what made you decide, hey, I, I do want to be a CEO?
2: I think just years of observing and just, you know, really watching astutely what my CEOs were were doing around me and just, you know, probably seeing the breadth of information that mm. they get, the breadth of issues that they deal with, just the complete diversity in a role like that, because you are literally Touching every part of, of your your business, and um, <clears throat> naturally, it's quite a bit different when you're you know leading an industry as well. So you're trying to manage your own business and you know the staff mm. and the complexities that come with that, but you're also responsible for leading an industry, which adds a whole heap of other dimensions around that and just the reliance that other people and other stakeholders have on you for the answers. Yeah. Um, and I've never professed to have all the answers, and, and I never will, because you know the whole part of being a CEO is actually to build a team around you. That does have the answers and have skills that offset yours, have personality types that offset yours, and, and that well roundedness as a team, um, I think, is what enables anybody to, to be a successful CEO. Mm. So, that's, you know, since I've started at Netball Australia almost 12 months ago, I've really been focused on building the team around me that I think complements me, challenges me, but, you know, at the end of the day, we, we all make the decisions together yeah. and i think that that's you know a really powerful thing as well
1: mm. i think it takes uh, quite a lot of time for people to work out what they want to do with their career and a lot of discovery and trying mm. lots of different things mm. when did your career direction start to anchor towards that ceo position was there a particular point in time where you thought my intention is now clear this is what i want to go for
2: yeah when I was on the uh, at the Gold Coast so spending um, you know twelve months or so working in that leadership role mm. and then having the opportunity to actually uh, do some really solid development uh, from a leadership perspective and to me that was the moment when I realized you can have all the skills in the world but unless you round it out with actually understanding what it takes to be a great leader then that will be a limiting factor so I had this you know really immersive experience with our, our executive team on the Gold Coast and that um, really opened my eyes to you know what else do I do outside of just turning up every day and, and doing my job so it was you know it was probably about you know 12 years ago really that I had that opportunity and then from there I just started working towards it learning you know not doing things well learning from that doing things well learning things from that so just constantly challenging myself to not only be great at what I do from a a functional and a task perspective but then spending a lot more time focusing on the leadership side of things because at the end of the day no matter what business you're in and whilst you know I work in netball at the end of the day I work in the people business Um, so it's all about people so that's something that I'm acutely aware of um, on a daily basis.
1: Mm. Could I ask how old you were when you found that goal?
2: Oh you're going to out my age if I start (laughs) telling you the age that I was and then you track that back. Oh no. Uh,
1: only if you want to. <laughs> it was
2: no. It was probably uh, probably early thirties, like okay. you know, around the thirty mark. I, um, whether I had a distinct desire to do it before that, I, I, I don't know. I think I was just busy mm. doing stuff, having fun. Mm. Um, you know, like I said, I started working in radio. That was just fun. You know, mm. I just turned up every day and just had a whole heap of fun. Um, and then, you know, you start kind of getting more serious. So, you know, I certainly wasn't 21. I wasn't 18. I wasn't 15. <laughs> I didn't have this ambition for my entire life or entire career. Uh, I think it just comes together at a point that, again, makes sense for where you are and what you've learned, um, and the environments that you've been in.
1: I th- yeah, the reason I ask is because I think that's really refreshing for a lot of people to hear that, you know, you can be in your early 30s to find out exactly where you want to get to in your career. You don't have to have it yeah, all figured out yeah. when you're in university.
2: No, nah, and don't rush it. You know, yeah. I think there's this innate desire, you know, and we probably all set ourselves goals. By 30, I will be this and, you know, my job will be this and my title will be this and by 40 it will be this. Um, gosh, it's just setting up, you know, so many expectations <laughs> on, on yourself. Yeah. So um, so I didn't – I, you know, I, I did have probably – you know, in those key milestones of birthdays, you have, you have markers. Um, and sometimes you just weigh off, you just don't hit them. And then sometimes they come real quick and you're like, gosh, I'm, I probably am lucky to be in the position that I'm in at this moment, but yeah, don't just, God, life is long sometimes if, you, yeah. if you're fortunate <laughs> enough. So you don't want to have it all done by the time you're 40 and then yeah. you sit around going, well, well, what's next? Um, Because no doubt when you hit the CEO position, there is a big, well, what's next? There's naturally an assumption that you're going to be a CEO for the next 20 years until you retire. And Mm. that also is not probably realistic as well because they're big jobs. Yeah. yeah. Take a lot of energy.
1: Move into a board, go do a few
0: consulting jobs here and there. That's it. It's usually (laughs) the (laughs) way, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kelly, you mentioned you're in the the people business, which I think is a, a great term. And we've got a quote here from when you joined Netball. Uh, and it reads my first priority will be focusing on the people i want to speak to every single staff member the member organizations of each state and territory and all of our sponsors and stakeholders what did you learn from going through that process
2: well that, that's a, a very distinct advantage of what expectations were and then reality <laughs> was a stark difference so i think i was that was my plan yep. going in then I think within 24 hours, COVID really started to bite again in the mm. middle of last year and it went to just complete yeah. reactive pandemonium, if I'm yeah. honest, because, you know, being inside a brand new business with a whole heap of, you know, people I've never met before trying to piece everyone together um, and then we're trying to work out how we actually keep called Super Nipple alive at that moment meant that all that went out the window yeah. um, and went into complete reaction mode just to keep going. And that's, that's been my reality. And to be honest, just the breadth of what's happened since, I haven't been able to get that moment back. So I yeah. chip it away at it every week where I try and meet someone new and have a conversation with someone different. But um, my reality didn't come to fruition, so I had to, had to change the way I, I've done it. But needless to say, I have had a lot of great conversations, not only with our staff, but staff in our states. Yeah. Um, and many other sports as well across the time that I have been there, which has been great.
0: I think it's yeah. fair to say most people probably have the same experience. So. Yeah. <laughs> <It is laughs> we could so. all have the goals, but unfortunately <laughs> there was a pandemic.
1: So, yeah, these things yeah, happen.
2: Yeah, that's right. Mm.
1: Now, Kelly, earlier this year there was a conference that came to Melbourne, the Sport NXT Conference. Yep. And on one of the days there was a, a panel with all the CEOs from the national bodies in Australia. You had football, cricket, soccer, NRL, netball, and you were the only female CEO sitting on the panel. Hmm. What was that experience like?
2: Um, it's to be honest a really common experience for me. <laughs> I mean, having started in <laughs> AFL 15 years ago, there was not many women at all in not even, especially not in senior leadership, but but not even really in, in middle management to a certain extent. So, um, it's it's pretty common to me to be in environments which are which are very male dominated. Um, but yeah, it's and I, I work with those CEOs a lot. You know, we we actually have a lot of meetings together, and you know, it's and it's great. It's a phenomenal you know group, and I learn so much from them, and they're all a great bunch of. Business leaders and a great bunch of of people in in their own right as well. But um, yeah, it, when you when you're in that environment where you're kind of all lined up, you know, in a row, and you're like, oh gosh, I do stand out a little bit. Um, you know, it 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 doesn't worry me. Like I'm not confronted by it or anything like that. I think it just it just sets a real visual challenge for what happens next. And. Mm. Um, why aren't there more female CEOs in business but you know especially in the sporting landscape and I think there's obviously still a lot of work to do I think there's been great progress and I think you know the more we talk about it and the more we're attuned to it then fabulous we will keep challenging those norms Um, but yeah fair to say there's probably still a, a fair way to go before we even get to an equal balance let alone you know actually having potentially more female domination at some point than than male but Mm. we are where Mm. we are and and we just keep working through it.
1: You mentioned you're used to it now was it ever an issue for you earlier in your career?
2: It wasn't really no because I think you know stepping into something like AFL like you just it's naturally expected that it's male dominated so I never had a problem with it back then and I certainly don't have a problem with it now Um, but I think there's definitely a lot more conversation around the role that women can play in Mm. any environment Um, it's not only women it's diversity in general like you know diversity is is key to making different decisions and and hearing different opinions so we've got to really embrace that on on all fronts to be ultimately successful.
0: Mm. Is that something that's always on the agenda for you with netball as well just making sure you do have that diversity across staff as well
2: absolutely yeah. yeah it's hugely important that you know at the end of the day you want to put the best person for the job in the job yeah um, but you want to be able to cast a net wide enough that you're attracting again a, a, a really different balance and a different dynamic ac- across your group um, so it doesn't always look the same and I think that's the things that we'll keep challenging yeah. at netball is making sure that we still continue to have that real um, keen eye now naturally netball does have more female staff than it does male staff which is you know probably different but at the same time I think that's on us to actually change that trend a little bit as well because netball needs to be more diverse in its own right so mm. we have to start with our own staff base to make sure that we're reflective um, of the groups and, and the people that we want to attract to our sport.
1: Mm. What, what do you think uh, other sports or people in the industry in general can do to promote that equality?
2: Um, well, I think everybody has a role, but you know, I think at the end of the day, we just want to make sure that um, anybody feels comfortable to put themselves forward for a role to begin with. Uh, and I think there's often misconceptions that you know I won't be successful, or I won't be good enough, or I don't have experience, or you know, we we, we come yeah. up with our own barriers. Um, If more people put themselves out there for more opportunities, and I think we see it it come together a a lot quicker, Um, we're really open-minded at Netball. We don't need people with sporting experience at all. We don't, you know, we don't have a predefined set of experience that we look for. We look for great people that, that again, will align with our values and and have drive and determination. And if we can encourage anybody to apply for any role that, that comes available at Netball, then then that's where we'll get the benefit as an organisation, which is what we're really looking forward to doing.
0: I love that because a lot of people who we speak to say, oh, you know, should I go and work in this area even though it doesn't relate to sport, even though my goal is to work in sport, and we say absolutely. Yeah. Because you're learning different skills that you can bring to an Mm organisation that may be very, you know, just packed with people who have just done sport. So it's, it's a great thing to go and get experience in other areas. Um, Absolutely. So, is. you know, for those listening out there, I think that's a that's a mm. great message right there. Yeah.
2: Mm. Don't underestimate just experience, you know, and I think yeah. that's something that you have to get and that's on you to get, you know, yeah. an experience looks different. You can volunteer, you can do everything, you know, mm. and, and that's the way I started by fronting up and doing something for zero money whatsoever. But I wanted that experience. I wanted yeah. that connection and a way in. And that volunteering experience got me my first paid job. Um, yeah. So y- you do, you really have to put yourself out there and doesn't you know again experience will come in all sorts of different denominations and Mm. we don't want the exact same type of person in at netball australia in in any stretch so we we absolutely want to take those from different different sports different environments different industries just to help round Mm. us out as a business and open our eyes to things that we don't know because lo and behold we don't know everything
1: (laughs) (laughs) um did you have any female role models growing up in the sports industry
2: no, I didn't. No, not at all. Um, didn't see any, didn't, you know, have any that were really all that visible or accessible to, to me. So, um, uh, no, most of my role models are, you know, based again off male role models really. And, you know, working with those that I worked with and I really admired, you know, certain leadership types, that's naturally what I was, I was drawn to. So, um, you know, certainly had some great connections with some um, some of the female commissioners from an, an AFL perspective, because I could see there was a, a genuine investment from them wanting to see more women involved in the sport. But it was really hard to see anybody else that, that I thought I could, you know, really, really work with. So pretty much everybody that I've ever had a connection with, be it mentorship or whatever, has, has, has been male. Um, and I'm OK with that. Like, that's the way it was. And that's, you know, th- and I've met some fabulous people as a result of that and learnt an enormous amount so um, certainly not a bad thing it's just that that was that was my experience and mm. hopefully for others their experience is, is different and there's more opportunities and there's more mm. women leading sports and business that, that they can see and, and, and we hear about and, and we talk about so
1: mm. well it certainly is different now that there's people such as yourself at the helm of netball Sarah Stiles is doing some great work in government yeah. uh, Christy Collier-Hill was at the head of the Melbourne Boomers now the NBL too yep. uh, so there are starting to be some more role models for those women and girls coming through. Um, Is there anything that you would say to uh, a female at the start of their career going through university who uh, might have some more doubts than the average male going through university thinking, is this possible? Can I do it? What do you say to them?
2: Yeah, look, naturally, I I, I definitely agree that there is something more ingrained in women that feel like they need to overachieve before they, you know, put themselves forward for things and, you know, and I fully appreciate that and I've been in that position myself where I'm like I, I, I wouldn't get that job so what's the point of actually, you know, going for it? The reality is you've got nothing to lose, you know, and and you're, you're near enough will, will potentially be better than a number of people around you. So you just you just have to, you know, find a way, however hard that is, just to drop your own guard be prepared to be let down. Absolutely. But the the risk of, of not going for something and, and achieving success because of the fear of being let down um, is not strong enough. So I think you absolutely just have mm. to embrace, yes, I don't have all the answers and I don't tick all the boxes and I don't even know if I can do it, but I'll work it out later. I'm just going to go for it in this moment in time and you will learn a lot. You know, You will learn an enormous amount just through the process. Even if you don't make it to the end outcome. It's not a failure. It's, it's just take what you've learned from that experience and 100% it will make you stronger for the next experience that you go through.
0: Mm. It's a great answer. Yeah. Love that.
1: And I think at the start as well when you said like as long as you've got that determinant belief yeah. uh, in what you can do, you don't necessarily need all the skills. That's enough to apply for a job. 100% Or, or in your is. case, just harass the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nothing to
2: lose. <laughs> Nothing to lose, you know. And, you know, look at a, you know the, the process that I went through for this CEO position at Netball Australia is, you know, I absolutely interrogated, you know, all the information they supplied. And I go, I'm not sure if I do or don't tick the boxes. But that was the moment I went, I don't care. I'm just throwing caution to the wind. Um, I'll go for it and I'll see how far I get in the process and I'll work it out later. Um, And, you know, did I have doubts about whether or not I could be 100% doubted every step of the way, but I thought I'll I'll work it out and I'll worry about it when I get there, if I get there. Um, And that's just, you know, sometimes we're our own worst enemy. um, And the reality is sometimes we just, again, need to take a risk and it's a calculated risk. um, And Mm. and I believe that if someone really wants to do something, they'll be able to do it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, We've got a couple of questions there for you. First one is what motivates you to get out of bed each day?
2: Um, Well, in this role, I'm absolutely motivated to make netball or help netball achieve its potential. I think netball is a phenomenal sport. It is incredibly strong at community level. We have the most amazing athletes at the elite level. We're unbelievably successful as a sport, but we still haven't found a way to really unlock its complete potential. So that's what drives me every day to find a way to make it more commercially viable to find a way to bridge the grassroots participants through to the elite um, and enable us to continue to find ways to to reinvest the sport because I believe it is a phenomenal sport and it gives back so much to our community um, and I also think netball in Australia has the enormous opportunity to change the trajectory of, of netball in the world so we are really working hard to make sure that netball becomes a bigger sport globally as well. And we're just trying to work on playing our role in that. So um, there's plenty to be excited about with netball and, and that's literally what drives me every day.
1: Amazing. And uh, finally, if you could go back in time to uh, meet 20 year old Kelly and just drop one bit of wisdom on her, what what would you say to younger self?
2: Um, I would say you know, probably the similar stuff that I've said. Just go for it. Just you know, back yourself. Have if you've got the determination and the will, it'll work it out. Everything will work it out after that. You know, it um, just just keep going. But but be prepared to to have some 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 knocks along the way as well. Um, and you know, that's probably the part where I would probably give more wisdom to is that you know you do think your, your career is linear and everything every road block you know or every building block leads you to the next thing that's not the case sometimes you take two steps forward and you take three back um, and that's the moment when you're in those moments you think gosh I'm I'm been hit way off course and I don't know if I can get back but you can get back and you and you will get back but but embrace the highs um, and learn from the lows Um, And from there, whatever you set your mind to, you will absolutely achieve it.
0: Amazing. Well, Kelly, it has been amazing having you on. We've both, I reckon we've spoken about this a fair (laughs) amount (laughs) the last few months, we've been dying to get you on. So we really appreciate your time. And some of the messages you you spoke about today are just gold for those who are wanting to build a a career in sports. So, again, thanks very much for your time and uh, we'll we'll sure to see how, how we go to get you on for one more one day <laughs> we never know <laughs> not but, uh, an issue <laughs> whatsoever
2: it's been a pleasure thanks for your time
0: all right rubes massive episode that was just awesome to hear from kelly and great to have her in the studio what are some things that you learned
1: from that yeah, that was huge, Ryan. Fantastic to have one of the CEOs of Australian Sport inside the studio chatting with us. Very rare that you get that sort of insight. So yeah. super appreciative to to Kelly for coming in. Um, the number one I'm th- thing I'm taking away from Kelly is just her confidence and her ambition when she was young and how that can take you extremely far like after listening to her i'm ready to run through a brick wall she's got so (laughs) much confidence and determination um and she really kind of instilled that message in in me just listening to her like if you want something absolutely go your hardest at it because nothing will stop you if you want it bad enough and that's that was something i really left with
0: from kelly yeah i love that i was ready to jump through a brick wall as well (laughs) (laughs) so great cool um I, i just loved how and I love this concept of just, you know, you win or you learn. And I think she spoke about, you know, don't see it being turned down for a job as a failure. Just see it as a learning and you're on the path to get to where you want to get to. I think a lot of people out there, you know, they get turned down for a job and they think, oh, you know, this might not be for me and I might go do something else and I'm not good enough. Couldn't be further from the truth. You don't, you know, your path in sport isn't linear. I think she spoke about that a fair bit, you know. If you get turned down to see it as a learning, you keep moving forward and keep try- striving to, to where you want to get to. Mm, yeah, absolutely.
1: And I uh, I love when Kelly revealed the age at which she knew what she wanted to do with her career.
0: Yeah. It was a risky question
1: from you, but I like it. I she know. Was happy to, I was happy like, to answer it. Do I ask the CEO of Nepal Australia a question about age? Yeah, <laughs> I was I was worried for a split second. But she, <laughs> she was happy to answer it, which yeah, is good. Yeah, good on her. Um But yeah, so she was in her early 30s when she decided, I want a CEO job. And that was really nice to hear because a lot of people feel like they have to rush into their career or they have to get to a certain point by a certain point of time. And it was just so nice and refreshing to hear from Kelly that you don't have to have it all figured out. You can take your time. Like I loved her point that life is long. (laughs) Yeah. You've got to have something to do at the end of it. (laughs) Almost like don't get there too soon because you want to be able to enjoy it. She's going to have to be a CEO forever. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. Nah, <laughs> God, nah. Um, So, yeah, that's the last thing I'm leaving f- from with Kelly is just don't rush it. Don't put a time stamp on a particular job at a particular point in time. You can get to
0: any stage of your career and, and have a new goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Reeves, any other apps you think people would enjoy that kind of relate to this episode? Yeah, well, uh,
1: we mentioned Sarah Styles. Uh yeah. She is episode... I reckon she's like 83 and 85. We did like a great- Part one, part part, two. Yeah, part one, part two series. So she's now the director for uh, Women and Girls in Sport and Recreation at the Victorian Government. She's an incredible person if you want to hear more about gender equality in sport. Uh, Similarly, we talked to Christy Collier-Hill back when she was the CEO of the Deakin Melbourne Boomers. She's now the head of the WNBL. Yeah. And- we talked to her around the 110 to 120 mark, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> this one's really escaped, it's escaped me. you. <laughs> this one really escaped me. Stumped you. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and rectify that one. Um, but she's a fantastic listen too. So Sarah Styles, Christy Collier-Hill, go yep. back and have a listen to those two superstars.
0: Awesome. Find them on wherever you get your podcasts. I'm sure the, uh, the search tool will help you out on that one instead of the number. <laughs> Awesome. Well, connect with us on LinkedIn. Plus, be sure to jump into the Sportsgrade community. We'd love to chat with you on there. Head to sportsgrad.com.au slash community to join or head to the link in our show notes. Also, if you love the show, (coughs) my voice is just gone. (laughs) If you love the show, we'd love you to rate the show five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe on Apple or follow on Spotify. Let's go rest my voice. It's not too good. (laughs) You just got there. Yeah, got there in the end. Thanks for listening. See you next time.